a voice for common sense, and a face for radio. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. To follow up that conversation we just had a couple of minutes ago, yeah, I've got some thoughts on that as well. And this is from a non-attorney perspective. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us here on American Viewpoints. And like I said a couple of minutes ago, I am not an attorney. I'm somebody who's been in media for over 27, 28 years now. And I've been trying to find legal minds, attorneys and legal observers to get their perspective on this indictment against Donald Trump. And so far, I've not found an attorney or another legal observer who has said this is a very strong legal case. And so what does that lead us to believe? Well, it leads us to believe that is political. Even if you are in the middle, even if you are on the left, I'm going to talk about why the trend that we're seeing and not just this, why it should really bother us all. Now, right after the indictment was unsealed and Donald Trump pled not guilty, D.A. Alvin Bragg made a an appearance at a press conference answering a few questions from media. And here's part of the argument that he had for filing these charges against Donald Trump. Less than two weeks before the presidential election, Michael Cohen wired $130,000 to Stormy Daniels' lawyer. That payment was to hide damaging information from the voting public. So the idea that this is connected to the 2016 election is part of this, which that in and of itself, believe it or not, may not be political if he can prove that there's been a crime committed. But the standard for that is very, very high, according to the attorneys I've spoken with. And it seems like a real stretch. But we'll see what happens. So Donald Trump that evening after the indictment, as you know, he gave a speech from Mar-a-Lago in front of a very supportive audience. And here's part of what he had to say. They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, 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 Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago. Well, of course, that is very Trumpian, if you will. Now, whether or not you are a Donald Trump supporter, whether you are a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or somewhere else on the political spectrum, there is a troubling pattern here that has emerged. And I'm saying that in the past tense. It's not emerging. It's not a matter of it could emerge. It has emerged. And that is the abuse of law enforcement and of the justice system to get some kind of win politically. And this is not about any one election cycle. This is not about any one issue. And it really shouldn't matter whether you are a Republican or a Democrat or whatever you identify as or whichever cause you join when it comes to politically. Now, uh, right now, it's about Donald Trump. Apparently, you know, that's the accusation. That's what it appears to be to most people, even many of those on the left. So a lot of my friends on the left, they're kind of shrugging and saying, yeah, they're going after him. But gosh, darn it. We hope that they get him. So right now it's about Donald Trump. And remember, it wasn't that long ago, just within the last year and a half or so, that the Department of Justice under President Biden was being asked and was at least considering using the FBI and the Department of Justice to intimidate parents around the country who were standing up against some things they didn't like at local school boards of election meetings. And this, 
first of all, was an absolute overreach of the federal government. That's just not the role. If somebody's out of line, that's a local issue. But when you had the, in this case, teachers unions and some other more on the left activists trying to work with the Department of Justice and apparently getting an open reception saying, please treat some of these parents as though they could be domestic terrorists or something along those lines. That looks to a reasonable person that it could be the abuse of the legal system, an abuse of the criminal justice system, an abuse of law enforcement in order to quiet down people who are speaking up. And you can go back a number of years to the Obama administration. Remember when the IRS was uh, targeting conservative activist groups for their audits, including nonprofit groups and including Tea Party groups in particular. So what all this means, and all of these happen to be Democratic examples going against Republicans. You can go back to accusations against Richard Nixon and other Republicans. So Republicans are not blameless right here. But what you have right here is somebody taking a tool when they're in power saying, I want to use this to target my opponents. But if you're talking about law enforcement, you're talking about the judicial system, you're talking about you're talking about the criminal justice system. You're taking something out of context, and that is a foundation of our society that we must be able to trust. And right now, there's a lot of reason for a lot of people to not trust this part of our society. And that's a very, very dangerous road to go down. This past week, a conservative activist and commentator Matt Walsh put on Twitter an interesting argument. Basically, he was arguing for Republicans to do the same thing, saying this is what Democrats are doing to Republicans. They should make it an outspoken goal to go after the Democrats in the same way, use investigations, use prosecutions for political purposes. He compared it to the Cold War mentality of mutually assured destruction. That's a really, really bad place for this country to be. It's a really bad place for this country to go. I don't want to see it. I want to see it stopped. But there is a certain logic to what Matt Walsh was saying about this, is that if the Republicans say, OK, the minute that we win power in an election, be it the White House or the Senate or a governor's race, we are going to use these same tactics and we're going to go after you or your family or business, your business associates. So if you don't want that, then knock it off now and we can fight this out on the campaign trail. I think there is a logic to that. I don't want to see either side escalate this abuse of the criminal justice process and whether a mutually assured destruction approach like Matt Walsh is uh, sort of proposing on Twitter. Well, that may be the way to stop it. I hope that's not the case. And I hope that's not where this comes from. I hope this isn't what it comes to. Now, let's also look at the possible effect on the 2024 Republican nomination race. Donald Trump obviously running for nomination. He wants to be president again, but he's got announced opponents. So the next hearing in this in this particular case against Donald Trump is in December and the trial could likely begin in the spring or the summer right during caucus and primary season. And what that means is that this uh, this case against Donald Trump is what's going to be the headlines much of this time. It means that Donald Trump is going to continue to suck the oxygen out of the room, so to speak, and that could overshadow any or all of the other candidates. There are some people who argue that the left is doing this because they want to get Donald Trump out of the race. There are others who say, wait a minute, are you sure that they don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee because he's the most likely candidate that they could beat? I don't know. I'm going to let you all decide that for yourself. 
But I am going to say one thing about all of this, and this is a lesson I think for everybody in and out of politics. It is a fact that none of this would be something affecting Donald Trump right now had he not been involved with Dormy Daniels, had he not had a reason to pay off a porn star to try to keep her quiet in hush money or a non-disclosure agreement, whatever you want to call it, had he not been involved with her, especially as a married man in the first place, he wouldn't have to deal with this at all. All right, just ahead, what happens when landlords argue that paying for basic health and safety standards is just too expensive and making them do it could actually hurt low-income renters? Yeah, I'll tell you about that case just ahead, right here on American Viewpoints. <laughs> 